I'm gonna have to sneak out the back. Why do we have to eat all those oysters? Next time, let's just jump each other. Yeah, let's do that. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK and Bayer. Let's get the neighbors. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Neighbors, the Neighbors Recap Podcast. I'm Kate, speaking on behalf of Bayer right now, as she is motherly indisposed. I am a Neighbours fan from way back. I played Suddenly as my wedding march, much like Charlene. We have our normal host, Vaya, a TV writer who can't suspend disbelief. Hello. And our special guest today is Neighbours' own legal counsel, Legal Eagle Beck. Hi, guys. I'm excited. I haven't been here for a long time. And you know what we needed? We needed a hit of joy, a hit of Legal Eagle Beck doll joy. <sighs> That's baby Dr. Carl in the background. People in the neighbours world could do with some happiness at the moment, so I will bring the joy. You know, what we really needed this week is some good old-fashioned ceramic pig shenanigans, and we got them. I was going to say, what the, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. <laughs> or sweet love making, as Erinsborough uh, showed us. Doesn't even have to be sweet. I think we could do with some dirty, inappropriate love. That's what we got. Yeah, exactly. Also, um, we got some sweet animal print dresses as well. I love an animal print dress. I was excited. <laughs> Kate usually does too, but I don't think they were up to your standard, Kate. Oh, I, I stay true to a, um, an interpretation of a leopard print. I, I do not travel down a tiger print path or any sort of stripy print, that sort of thing. It's Yeah, I don't know what she was wearing. Look, I'm a textile designer and I can only describe Monday's dress as being like a, a crevice print. They looked a bit like leeches attached to her, which is probably what Toadie became by the end of the week. I liked it. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for everything about this storyline. Which we'll get to in just a minute. So just for a change um, this episode, we're going to save the council business for the end, just so we can properly focus on Melody. So we're covering the week commencing the 19th of April 2021 at Aussie Pace. So Kate, how, how do we start the week unawares as to the bigger picture romantically? Just a bit of... Office drama. Well, apropos of nothing, Toadie's turned into an asshole boss who is policing what his female staffers are wearing, which I thought was quite inappropriate because Melanie was wearing a long sleeve wrap dress in, well, the crevice print. And I looked at that and I thought, there's nothing inappropriate about that dress in the workplace. I mean, it, he's hardly a high end law office, is he, Beck? I mean, I assume that, can, could you wear that in your office? Oh, have and will again wear a very similar dress. I thought you were going to say Toadie's not a high-end fashion man himself, but no, he's neither, <laughs> he's neither that nor a high-end office. And before I knew what was actually happening, I was outraged. I was ready to write a letter. I was like, mm. how dare he tell her how to dress? But then once I worked it out, I was like, oh, I get it. I've been down this road before. Have you? <laughs> Oh, is this is this par for the course in um Oh yeah. Oh wow. You could please elaborate legal legal Beck? Well, look, I'm just I'll change names to protect the innocent, but this is really common in law firms. Wow. And a lot of it don't believe everything you see on the news. Most of it is, you know, everyone's happy to be doing it. I've I've had some 
office romances in a law office. And when I saw that, I thought, yeah, there is a lot of pretending that you don't like the person so other people don't find out because law officers, the thing about them is they're a world of hierarchy. And when people start fraternising with people Mm. on different, you know, there's a lot of lies that people tell. Wow, this is like Parliament House, isn't it? Yeah. Some of it's not great, but a lot of it's absolutely fine. Um, But it just happens. It's just what, and the bit that I loved was that um, Mackenzie was all over it because people who work in law offices are also very nosy, you know, very nosy. I think it's because we have to spend most of our time keeping things a secret. So then we want to find out everything else that goes on. But yeah, I um once I found out they were doing it, I was like, oh yeah, I know this. I, I've been down this road. So we'll walk it back a little bit because <laughs> it also reminded me a bit of um, my job in the radio station days because a lot of that went on then. And also we had to do yearly compliance training like Toadie was running for Mackenzie and Melanie. See, I've worked in big corporate offices before as well, and we never actually did any don't harass people or bully people training from memory. We used to have to do our compliance training every year was don't rip off people, otherwise we will get sued. Um, Well, actually, funnily enough, a lot of the radio compliance training was don't be racist on air, which is fitting. Mm. Um, No, we have to do that kind of training, bullying and, and all that sort of stuff. But what I loved was that Toadie only did it because he had a client that told him to do it, which I thought was a bit odd. (laughs) Because I think what had happened is his client had done something dodgy in the office and so he wanted to make sure that his lawyers had a clean slate. I'll tell you what, I wish um, Toadie had a client who made curtains because then he'd be able to actually, you know, have sex on his desk without everybody shopping at Lasseter's seeing it. But surely they have like a back room where they keep the files or something. How, imagine if you were wanting to, um, you know, investigate divorcing your partner, and um, oh yeah, there he is, just walking past Toadie's office, and he can see you sitting at the desk. Yeah, I mean that might be nice for some people, but I thought, you know what I thought? Finally, when they when they were doing it at Toadie's house, I thought finally that um, outdoor gazebo has been put to a useful. Uh, purpose. Yeah, Puffy's back patio, which I thought they had transformed into the new Rebecca Law Office set, but I guess not. No, it's still the same old one. But well, remember Puffy built that basically as an aphrodisiac for Dippy, and it did finally work. That's true. It's a bit of a sex den, which is nice. It's nice to have one of them in your suburban backyard. And and it's nice that it's fulfilling its destiny. Exactly. Still walking it back a little further, um, sweet Mackenzie, I did really enjoy Mackenzie going to the Kennedys and saying, hey, I'm guys, I'm having some trouble at work because she's just an intern. Like this is all new for her. She hasn't worked in a grown-up office. Um, I've noticed that my boss is essentially bullying my colleague. Again, really pertinent stuff at the moment. But um, he's biting her head off at every given opportunity. It's making me really uncomfortable. How should I handle it? And Carl and Hendricks are sort of saying, well, just go and front foot it, have a chat to him about it. That's all you can do. So she does that and then they're like, yeah, Toadie's like, got it, thanks, I will sort this out. And then we have this amazing reveal where Carl comes to check on the same issue and the door opens, Toadie shuts the door in his face basically and he's like, all over it, thanks, mate. And then we see Melanie with the wrap dress, animal print wrap dress, she unleashes it 
and dangles it on the floor and she's in her undergarments and then essentially pounces on Toadfish, Rebecca. And now my jaw hit the floor. I could not have been happier about this. I love, I just, you know what I love about it? A, it meant nothing. It gave nothing to the story. It was the epitome of a ceramic pig. Yeah. But B, I loved it because poor old Toadie just needs a root. Like, that guy has been through a lot. He does not need a relationship. He does not need anything serious. That is exactly what he needed. Just a bit of frizz on, you know, a bit of how's it going. I'm excited for him. But how's your father? <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I am happy for Melanie. Do you realise that she is 14 years older than Toadie? Stunning. Stunning work. Good on her. That's, I'm just like, bloody well, good on you. You are... Middle-aged women goals. It, it did inspire me a bit too. And the fact that she was um, embracing this scenario with complete yeah. body confidence and uh, passion and no inhibitions, I'm like, sister, you you are an icon right now. Icon, Melanie Pearson. She's, got, she's no hang-ups on her laugh anymore. She has moved past that and she is a fully-fledged sexual being. And guys, the best part of this is that we have now connected Paul and Toadie in, on the horrendous neighbours um, root chart. Yeah, and my partner did not appreciate me calling Toadie and Paul spit sisters because as we revealed a, like a month or so ago, Melanie confessed, I slept with Paul Robinson. But also now he's connected to the Mangles, also the Ramses. Wow. Was it just me that was wondering whether Melanie did the laugh while they were having sex? Uh, I wondered. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, thank you. I wondered actually if she if she kind of morphed it into a more animalistic sound because she was going through the kitten like a, kind of sounds later. <laughs> like a hyena. Yeah. I, th- I feel more like a seal honking. <laughs> How did you get in here? <laughs> You don't mind a stray kitty cat paying you a visit, do you? Have you had your shots? Gosh, so I've just, that Monday reveal, and I had already been spoiled. Like I'd seen a few whispers in the council, in the our Facebook group, because I was behind on the app. So I knew that there was a commotion with Melody, Toadie and Melanie. Um, in fact, let's give them a little sting. They just brought me joy in a week where we needed it and a month where we needed it. And I knew it was coming, but I I just expected a bit of a run-up. We got a bit of a hint last month when they matched on Tinder, but that was sort of played off like, oh, we're going to go for dinner. It's not – we're just going to be friends. Oh, but do you want to work for me in my office as an assistant? Mm. And then we didn't hear from it again. And then suddenly, bang, they're in the sack. And that threw me for six. I I feel like our last hot office romance was Leo and Chloe. So it's. I feel we've been in a drought since then. And funnily enough, I was thinking of Leo because uh, it reminded me of the May-December romance between him and Trace. Trace, <laughs> let me in, Trace. See my TikTok for my ode to that moment. I. The difference is, though, I felt that Leo and Therese were played more for drama mm-hmm. and this is 100% comedy which is a little bit of a shame. Like we didn't get a saucy make-out session, just a lot of like drooling over each other. I want that though. And you know what? I want it to go as quickly as it came. Like come Tuesday, <laughs> I want it to be gone, never spoken of again. I just want it to be this little pot of joy that they gave us in the middle of an otherwise upsetting time. 
And I want to go one step further and welcome Melanie to the main cast. Stay long term. 100%. Stay long term. And then just every now and then someone will remind us. Like, you know, someone new will come to town and they're like, oh, who's that guy? Melanie's like, oh, yeah. Rooted him for a while in the office. He's free now, though. (laughs) Yeah. Nah, no, I want them to be. I want them to be around. This time next year, I want them still to be together. Oh, really? Um, Maybe like a friends with benefits. Like whenever one of them's down, they give the other one a little little sneaky dm yeah i don't i don't want her to have to do parenting i mean i think she'd be all right at it but you know i mean bloody good on her she's already done the stepmom thing who who was she stepmom to oh sky mangle oh lovely so technically she is jane's aunt oh wow and toady and um sky have the connection through stingray uh and sorry and dylan because they're he's toady's cousin and so toady's like family friends with sky Mm. It's a lot. Um, So, okay, now we go into Tuesday. We're going to run up to Wednesday, which was the big gift we were given. Kate called it the gift that kept on giving. Tuesday we sort of get some flashbacks to how, thank God, I was really relieved because I could not connect those dots on my own. They took us back to the night it happened, which was they were sending off the previous office they had in the Lassiter's complex and um, had a few wines. And it was quite um, quite a jump, I thought. They were getting on the source and then one of them dropped a pen. They reached for the pen and then connected eyes. And then Melanie just blurts out, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Like a bit of bananas in pyjamas. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, B1? And it turns out he was. I thought that was quite a gamble. Like that was a very, that was a bit of a risk. Oh, no. Fight a dollar, Vaya. <laughs> If you'd said it or if you heard that. It's just par for the course, mate. Um, but, Beck, let me ask you, though. I want to hear about these escapades. Don't you think you're getting off scot-free here? Um, mm-hmm. What are the sexy places in a law office? Uh, look. There's no gavel. I've worked in a number of places where um, there's boardroom tables that no one wants to sit at anymore. Ooh. There's a lot of um, some big offices have a sick bay, which is convenient because there's a bed. <laughs> And a bucket, I'm sure you'll need. Um, otherwise, the other thing in law that's right, in law firms there's a lot of rooms where files get kept. Very much like, did you watch Suits? Can't say I did, no. Well, Meghan Markle and um, what's his name, they used to do it in the file room. Ooh. So it's, um, yeah, look, there's many, many places for these things. I'm seeing a lot of parallels with radio. So there's like, you know, the, the CD library, like the music library. There's the voice booths. That's yeah. saucy because there's the cushioned, like the soundproofing. Um, not, I don't have any experience yet, but there was, when in community radio, there was a bean bag uh, that was um, a very big, big, generous bean bag that was part of the community TV set. And this was youth station. So that we're talking late teenagers here. And uh, it had a word stitched, on, stitched onto it, which was the name of the TV show at the time. I won't name it, but turns out when you unpick one of the letters, it makes a rude swear. So um, for a while, that was the F bag and it was used in name and nature. Hopefully it was like a material you could wipe down. Well, yeah, it was vinyl and there was a beanbag at the radio, at the commercial station I worked at that also saw some action. Not as big a beanbag though, a bit more precarious. But all of this was from afar. Well, this is all apocryphal. Like I didn't obviously 
I mean, not obviously. You know, you don't know me, but um, <laughs> I just heard tales. I mean, you are, you know, you are in a relationship with your co-worker, Faya. Can I? We just point this out. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> yeah, but we um, it was like a decade before we worked together, though. And I mean, judging by the fact you got a child, I'm pretty sure you've had sex <laughs> at least once. The, the, the most raunchy thing we do at work is like one of us will ring the other one and then embarrassedly try not to say I love you, love you too on the phone. Like, Aww. that's that's not sexy. It's vanilla, Vaya. <laughs> it's vanilla, but it's it's something. Kate, have you had any fun workplaces where it, there would be some oh. places you would think would be handy for this situation? The first big corporate place I worked at, we'd have Friday night drinks in the office for the first couple of years, but then that got banned. Um, mainly because there, there was a factory connected to it because it was a it was a sock business or an, a sock and underwear business. Oh, oh no, that reminded me. One day when I was there, because we'd get models in to model the product when we'd have um, retailers come and visit. And one day I was just kind of absentmindedly sitting at my computer, staring off into the distance and didn't realise I'd been staring at one of the models sitting in an office in his like bathrobe. <laughs> And he's looking back at me making eyes and I'm like, and I put like a folder up to like block my view. I'm just picturing all these um, catalogue models walking around in socks and undies. Oh, there's some very attractive people. And that was a place actually where Fifi Box, aka Brocan, was the, um, the celebrity face of our business as well. There you go. I just thought of another, this was a fantasy of mine. I always wanted to hook up with somebody in the street team storage room. They had like a basement storage room where they had props, they had like set pieces, and that door always looked like it would lock on you and never open again. In amongst the icy cold cans of coke. <laughs> if you got if you got thirsty. I mean, this isn't sexual, but we did have the we found the suit one day for the Red Robin. Oh. Remember Red Robin socks? There was like an actual like suit that someone could dress up in. So like we got one of my coworkers to wear it one day. The Nando's cockerel that used to do a lot of our events. <laughs> But here's where I wanted to get to. Oh, my God. I can't remember what day this happened, but I'll never forget the image. of. So we get all these flashbacks. They dropped the pen. They got they hooked up. And then they sort of said, okay, that was a nice fling, but it's getting a bit out of hand. Like Mackenzie's getting suspicious. We can't do this. And then they one second that lasted, and then they looked at each other and went, but what if it's fun and we keep doing this? And then they're like, okay, let's just keep going. And Melanie crawls under Toadfish's desk. And he, he doesn't have a partner's desk. He just has like an Ikea dining table desk. <laughs> there was no hiding under there. You could actually look in from the window outside and see her under the desk. You need the desk with the front on it. Yeah, the partner's desk. <sighs> I have not been this scandalised since... Millsy dropped down south in Bum Island. Yeah. Oh, are we going to see a bit of toady side pain? That's the question. <laughs> I mean, they need to give him the same respect they do to their other leading men on this show. We've seen we've seen Toadie and his boxes. We were that close to it, Vaya, that close. Oh, actually, describe uh, Toadie's boxes for us, Kate, since you worked in that field. A baggy black and white zebra print. Mm. That was, yeah wasn't a good look. But that said, I have to admire his brazenness at just walking out and having a big convo with Mackenzie, who is then scandalised that she's in Toadie's house and he's just wearing shorts. And like that apparently he should just be keeping up office apparel at all, all times in his own house. No, I'm t- with Mackenzie on this. You don't want to see your boss and landlord swanning about 
shirtless just in his jocks. Yeah, but th- put a t-shirt on. I, I think she should go. Well, this is his house. I might make a quick exit because this is making me quite uncomfortable. Correct. I think that's reasonable. And and he was dropping a few hints. He's yeah. He said, "Oh, I thought you weren't going to be here." She's like, "Well, here now." Yeah. Well, f off then. Yeah. Surely she's seen that before though. They've been living in the same house for months. Like, do they all get when? Like, I assume Mackenzie gets up and puts on her high waisted white pants first thing in the morning. But <laughs> like, Tony probably walks around in his jammies for a while. I don't know. Surely Toadie's gotten up because Hugo's crying out in the night and he's just padded down the hallway and whatever he's wearing and, yeah. I don't know, relax, relax, Mackenzie, and also give Toadie some space and go to university, for God's sake. You're not in the office the whole time. You should be studying. Go to a party. I think my mum saw my partner in his undies when she was staying with us before the baby was born. Was she scandalised? While the baby was born. I think we all just were like, this is just our lives now. We don't, no one has any shame. We just get the baby sorted out. But also he's not, he's wearing something that you could wear on the beach. You see men all the time in fairly modest shorts on the beach. Yeah, I'm not always happy about that, Kate. (laughs) But also he did say his excuse. So what had happened is to backpedal, um, he said he was exercising. That was his cover story. And I guess that could be weird le- leisure wear, a- athleisure that you, he was trying to pass off. But what had happened was he'd shipped the kids over to the Kennedys. On a school night, no less. Which they're spending a bit of time at, by the way. See, he's not coping with uh, Dippy and Puffy not being there. I'm pretty sure you don't just do, like, random overnights on a school night, like, with no good reason. A bit rich, especially for Susan, who... Mm keeps to school nights for her work as well. She's probably doing a lot of admin after hours. House calls at Emmett's place. Hendrix has got bloody year 13 the next day. <laughs> no, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's fine. He's probably playing playing uh, Mario Kart with those kids. But he's got the house to himself, so they're going to lay down the foundation for a sexy evening out on the puffy back patio with uh, some hors d'oeuvres of figs, chocolate Ooh. and oysters. It's all the aphrodisiacs in a platter. Oh, hang on. Side note, Beck, you know our least favourite Melbourne mummy influencer? Yeah. Did you notice that at her child's birthday party, she had a grazing table, this is on the weekend, um, that had both oysters and figs on it. Many, what? many figs on it. I did. I did. Mm-hmm. Hopefully no one, no seven-year-old got too worked up by this um, party feast. <laughs> also, another sidebar. I'm against grazing tables oh, at the best of times. Yes. They're not COVID safe. I've got an autoimmune condition. I've got celiac and I can't be cross-contaminating my crackers. And secondly, uh, I don't want seafood sitting out all afternoon. No. This, uh, I have to send you a photo. Oh, we can't go into this now no. because it's, oh, but it's, they're, oh. they're generally disgusting. I hate them. I can't. Disease central before COVID. I actually thought that was a COVID silver lining, that that would be the end mm. of the line for grazing tables. <laughs> CJ and I actually had treated ourselves. She wanted to do grazing boxes, one of the pod records. And I said, can you please ask for separate boxes? I don't want to touch hands with, I don't want to, you know, touch all each other's Mm. stuff. Also, there's always a lot of filler on those tables. Oh, yeah. Rocket is not food. Oh, and Vaya, and a bit of um, late-breaking neighbours message. Um, Just got a a message from friend of the pod, Brett, saying, can you talk on the pod about how stupid Toadie was walking out near naked to Mackenzie instead of dressing himself? It was weak of him to not at least grab any article of clothing that was nearby, a shirt or something. It was weird. Like, you're living with teenage girls. Have a bit of decorum. But he's he's got an issue. I actually think maybe he's like an exhibitionist because if he's willing to have sex in an office, like an 
that's just completely glassed to the outside world. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's the toad's kink. And we know that he had a grand old time with his nudist friends that came around. Oh, yeah. Same room. Oh, yeah. He'll disrobe at the drop of a hat. With, literal, with a literal drop of his hat. Sonia would have been up for it. He probably, you know, he probably still fantasises about that time with Andrea in the Skype. CJ, I know, messaged us saying that she enjoyed that it kind of uh, spoke to his love of role play with Sonia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and because they were always up for a bit of dress up, accents the whole nine yards. Oh, how about when he said to her, um, oh, have you, uh, when, when, you know, she's talking about what a naughty kitty she is, and he goes, oh, have you had all your shots? And she's like, I don't know. Mm? That was very um, of the time, wasn't it? It was the, the pa- passion killer. I love it. Like that, you're just quite inept, Jared. Have you got the Pfizer jab? <laughs> is that new bedroom talk? But I also liked his face. Like he knew he'd gone too far in that moment. He was like, oh, no, that's not a thing we say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, have you been spayed? Maybe that's – he could have asked that. (laughs) So then we have these extreme close-ups of, gosh, um, very suggestive oyster eating – oyster slurping and fig licking. Fig licking, good. (laughs) Fig macerating. That was like – that was getting Uh shredded. I don't know about Toad's technique. Um, keep practicing. I felt for Melanie when I saw Toadie eating that fig. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> he hasn't had a lot of um, practice. He, no, he has dated a lot of very attractive women. There must be some, you know, secret behind the toad. <laughs> he's um, like the, he's got the Gary Canning magnetism, animal magnetism. Still waters run deep, very deep, I think. <laughs> uh I do want to see a pash. Don't end this storyline without a pash. Treat them with decency. But I will end my parade of joy here and have a little, I've got a, it won't be an episode of Neighbours without some soapbox time. So I'm hopping onto the soapbox and I'm going to chastise Toadfish for entering into a relationship with his subordinate after having just watched compliance training. Yes, it's dull, but you are, you're the only lawyer in your law firm you can't. This is the third assistant he's had a dalliance with. He tried to have it on with um, Rose, and that didn't work out. He then uh, got together with um, Baudry over at his foundation, and then now he's uh, hooked up again with an assistant. This is completely inappropriate behaviour. You're right. He didn't watch the video very well, did he? Watch out, Mackenzie. Oh dear. Or pay attention to literally anything that's happened in the last five years. Maybe he just watched the badly acted sleazing in the video and just thought, oh, okay, yeah, we just have to do what's on this video. <laughs> he tuned out after that. Um, so now the street is starting to get suspicious about Toadie's behaviour because he keeps calling all these last-minute meetings and running off with champagne and, you know, they saw underwear flying across the room, coil, so like a bra, mid-air, projectile bra. What is wrong with them? Oh, no, don't do this. Just, just yeah, close the blinds. Yeah. Go to what Anson's Corner, which we found out was a oh that's where Melanie lives. But we also got a new business recommendation, didn't we, from um, Toady? Sure did. It was the West Waratah Bakery. Yes. For some carbs, stock up on the carbs. Well, they sent Paul McKenzie, who I don't think drives. They're like, go to West Waratah and get us some baked goods so we can get it on in the office. Have you got your Mikey, McKenzie? Yeah. Hope there's a bus route. Actually, I used to work in this law office where every Tuesday we used to get these little mini pies and sausage rolls. Yum. Maybe the manager was 
having sex while we were out getting them. Yeah, go get them. <laughs> Take your time. I'm rethinking. Would you question it though or would you just go, sweet, I get paid to go for a trip outside the office? No, I was like, great, sausage roll Tuesday. But maybe it was also sausage roll Tuesday, oh. if you know what I mean. Mm. So I think it's very unwise, even though I do celebrate the body positive, sex positive uh, dance that they they are doing. Uh, should we take a moment and discuss other things on Ramsey Street? Sure thing. We got to do some um, Bremet business. When we last left Brent, he fled town. There's a Brent shaped hole through the wall. Yeah, go and get bent, Brent. <laughs> And he did because he wanted – he sent some thugs in to um, take the tools that were being stored at the hive. Emmett got embroiled and then Brent just left town with a letter. And now Harlow is just walking around, meandering through the city, looking behind things to find him like Aaron did in Paris. Just but By herself as well, not even taking Mackenzie with her. Yeah, Mackenzie's like, I'm not doing this. No, no, Harlow said, no, I want to be by myself. Which I reckon Mackenzie would just be there bending her ear about. Oh, and there's something really weird about Toadie at the moment. He's being so mean to Melanie. And you'd be just like, I'm looking for my street kid boyfriend, okay? <laughs> and do you know it's Suzanne's? They've got a special on high waist, white coloured pants. <laughs> Give that girl some better clothes. Don't you think that Catherine Hepburn is a real style icon? No, Beck, she needs worse clothes. Her clothes are too good for a 19 and 18 year old. Get down to Supre. That's right. Get her into Roxy's wardrobe. Live a little. Oh, and Nicolette got um, knocked out in all of this. It was quite an intense climax, this. Oh, yeah, last week that was awful. So, yeah, um, Nicolette had like some steel shelves pushed onto her, which nearly caused a placental abruption, didn't it? There was a bit of, um, yeah, it was, it was terrible. It could have killed the baby. It was blood. There was blood and it was very dramatic. Nicolette was in a coma for a bit and then everyone was very worried, but she pulled through and then... Well, you know who really wasn't there when she was in hospital? (laughs) Darren. (laughs) What other stuff? They were out looking for Brent. They weren't there, you know, having a bedside vigil, were they? And also he didn't want to be found. He left a letter saying, bye, Mm. guys. Good luck with your lives. Mm. i got some stuff to do and that's not getting caught. Unpopular opinion, but I can't make myself care about Brent and Emma. Like, no, no. Why, why? No, that's a popular opinion around these parts. Oh, good. Because, I don't, like, I want to I wanna care, but I just can't. I'm angry because uh, when aren't I? But <laughs> they were brought onto the show, like, we always – want more diversity on the show and they were brought in as part of a parade of many white people that were cast right after one or two black people like Levi was announced and then all these white boys came in hey they're from New Zealand okay (laughs) (laughs) like are they diverse because they live on the street I don't know yes I think that's what they were trying to make us be satisfied with and I'm not yeah, I just, like, I'm with Nicolette. Just get rid of them, guys. And I don't like, I liked their first turn. Yes. Like, I, I liked what they did with them the first time around, falling off the roof. That was a great time. Oh, yeah. But this time, with, oh, your mum's gone, now your mum's back, Arnie Linda's gone, Arnie Linda's back, kill me now. Do not want this. I have to, as a side note, um, Annalise Phillips, is it? My God, she's flawless. That face. Wow. 
She's, I swear she looks like she's in her 30s. Bloody bravo. Oh, mum, mum it. Yeah. Um, yeah, she has cleaned herself up nicely. She's back on the straight and narrow. She's going to take Emmett back to New Zealand, which works out well because um, Nicolette threatened the boys and then she was singing from my hymn book. I am an attention seeker from way back. This is like as the eldest, for years I was an only child, divorced kid life, spoiled rotten, and if I'm going through a drama or a crisis or I'm not well, I want all eyes on me. I do not want... And that's why the the pandemic was tricky for me because I had a baby during it and I couldn't get as much sympathy as I wanted because everyone was going through it. So I got Nicolette's vibe when she was like, excuse me, Uh, me and the baby nearly died. I'm on the couch and no one is here massaging my feet except for Chloe and she's got other stuff going on. So where are my baby daddies? My my beef with Darren is that by having Emmett move in, that meant that Nicolette had to move out. So that's the mother of their baby. Biologically and legally, you would say, Beck, she's the mother of their baby. Correct. Run, Nicolette. Run like the wind. Yeah, I'm just like, go to Queensland right now before that baby's born. Is that what you'd recommend to her, Beck? Yeah, I just, it's like they're bored of the baby. It's like they put the baby in her and then they were like, oh, we got these street kids now, whatever. Mm. And talk to me when it's born. Like yeah. like being pregnant is a picnic. Like she doesn't have aches and pains and dietary needs and medical appointments all the time, um, exhaustion and nausea. And it's like, okay, guys, do you want to give her a bit of, bit of moments of your time? I also think too, like this is getting a bit deep, but I would have thought for them like male gay couples that I know who have had a surrogate and I know a couple of them they have been so engaged with the pregnancy at every appointment because they don't get the opportunity to have the baby growing in them every day Mm. they want to be really part of it where I just feel like David and Aaron are like oh yeah we put it in you tell us when it's out then we'll look after it. Beck, what's your prediction on how it'll roll out? I reckon she will head for the hills once it's here. I reckon she will too. And you know what? Might be best for the kid. (laughs) Just they didn't define like what they were going to do before she got pregnant, which I think is like like a really bad mistake. Well, obviously it's a bad mistake to go against the, the, you know, the laws in Australia, which say that the, the surrogate, the gestational surrogate should not be the egg provider as well, because that is, she is literally just the mother of this child in every way. He didn't learn from his brother's, experience like Mark went through this with Sonia Mm. and Aaron didn't know better I'm enjoying I'm enjoying Aaron's house of cards come tumbling down around him because he was a brat through this whole thing dragged David on board when David was hesitant and wanted to go with the Canada surrogate and he's like no let's be let's be frivolous and just go with go with the wind and let's get let's have let's get knocked up in this one night stand that no one is advising well well this is your bed line it in the situation they're in Nicolette is going to have to leave her baby at the hospital, isn't she? Which to me feels like a real disservice to that newborn, particularly when you know she was always she was always meant to have a role in its life, living there as the cool aunt or whatever. Like I just yeah. They didn't set it out like a traditional adoption. No. But like you said, they haven't even planned it. Like I've got friends who recently had a baby with a surrogate and when the baby was born, the surrogate and the two dads all stayed in a house together for the first two weeks. That's gorgeous. Yeah, but the mum could, you know, breastfeed, but also then the dads could bond with the baby. And I just feel like 
these three silly billies have not thought through <laughs> the logistics of any of this. And you are building a family relationship, particularly if it's a rainbow family, um, and you are getting to know everyone's roles and strengths and weaknesses mm. and you're helping them, okay, well, you're having some trouble with settling the baby, I'll support you there, yeah. and you're having mm. some trouble with feeding, I'll help you with that. And you're all you're becoming a team and you've got to work out how that's going to play out. Yeah, otherwise she would have just said, okay, here's your here's your egg, I'm going to Canberra. They should have gone to Canada. Mm, 100%. <laughs> so, all right, we'll leave them. The other thing we should touch on and I'm angry that the show made me angry because I really did want to give some airtime to the Sheila Canning, the second storyline from last week, where she was invited for a fancy dinner at the Sheila Canning, the first house, the cannery. And she was asked to teach them a bit about her Aboriginal culture. And she had to explain to them that she needed to consult with an elder so that um, because she she was on someone else's country, that she needed to consult from an, an elder from... From that nation, that we're wondering. yeah, from that yeah. nation to seek permission to teach the language of her people to um, this group of people, and I found that fascinating, and mm. it's a shame it got buried. I feel like some, yeah, you know, maybe somebody else on set should have been there that day when she was speaking because of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the it's the story she actually told in real life, isn't it? It's explaining why there needed to be the elder there. They should have beamed that day's uh, recording out to the out to the production office. I just I'm so disappointed that I felt like tainted when I was watching it because it is such a great storyline. Mm. And I was the same. I found that lunch amazing, and Shireen is great. Like everything she's done is great, you know. Um, but I just, every time I watched it, I felt like angry or upset about it. And I thought that's really shit for her yeah. that. You- yeah. My God, she is such a great actress as well. I'm I'm so, I'm so saddened by this. Yeah. And-, and the fact that she can go from like almost, there's a chemistry with Ned. It's not necessarily romantic, but there's a, mm. a lovely um, dynamic with Ned. And then she can go to disdain for B rifling through her things and then to a nice warm friendship with the other Sheila. Yeah. Oh, it's just And then teaching Sheila her language, which was a gorgeous touch. Yeah, that was great. You know what's cute? Um Play School, the Australian children's TV show, has an acknowledgement of country episode and they have a new doll on the show called Kaya because that's the um, welcome, that is like hello in um, one of the Western Australian Aboriginal languages. And that's what she's taught Sheila that too. I showed that episode to my baby and it was lovely. He was uh, very taken with the ep. So this is kind of going to boil over when Paul's going to find out at some point that Ned leaked his financial details to Sheila too. And because Ned lives in a dream world where USBs are magic and they don't leave a trail of data. I mean, he's, he's, he's pretty thick, but you, you can't deny that. I won't. I won't dare. But he's pretty. How, the warmth with which he treats Sheila too when she's mourning her nan. And yeah. I think she lost her nan during COVID, it was hinted yes. at. The, the borders were closed, which has, you know, never happened in the last, you know, mm. 120 years of Australia so far. Yeah. I love that it got a mention. That was really touching. Then the little brats that are running around trying to spy on Sheila too, 
by finding her background checks on Ned in the car while B's servicing it. Which you've got to say is sinister, isn't it? You come across a, a folder, like a, a bound folder yeah. about your friends with their name printed on it. You're like, yoink, I'm going to have a read of this. But I'm not yoinking. I'm having a quick rifle while I'm there and g- grabbing a few shots with my phone. Or taking yeah. photos with your phone. Yeah. Yeah. My first thought was I bet Vaya Pashos has one of these folders at her house. This is slander. <laughs> So yes is the answer. I don't. (laughs) She was on his Patreon paying for a bit of art. No. That's right. Fandangle that. I I did enjoy his little um, PTSD moment this week when they opened the file and it had all these Fandangle pictures and he was really shocked and, yeah, rattled. Like, how did she get this? It was like, it's on the internet, mate. (laughs) The internet's forever. But it was just a background check because she wants him to run a gallery and run the hive and all that jazz. But now, hang on, and she needed his dick pic for that. <laughs> yeah, well, don't question it. Okay, it's part right. of her. It's part of her business plan. I don't understand how business works. Maybe that's what you need. That might have been just for her own personal reasons. Um, a highlight from the week was a bit of Tarage Rage. Classic Tarage Rage. She doesn't rage much these days. She just kind of rolls her eyes and sighs at Paul. But she uncovered that she did some forensic analysis of the files, the computer, and saw that Ned had leaked them. And she's like, oh, What, Ned? What? What could you possibly say to make me change my mind? Paul was playing dirty, right? He was, he was trying to manipulate someone. That is no excuse. I'm sorry to sabotage your family. And you know that, otherwise, you wouldn't have hidden it. Everything that I have done for you have thrown back into my face. And truly, she's right, isn't she? He's a shit for doing that. It's your ex-stepmother. She doesn't owe you squat, mate. And her her new husband certainly doesn't. And finally, B gets the ass from Lusicus from Fitzgerald Motors. I was I was shocked to see him. I was shocked to see some actual repercussions for wrongdoing, for criminal activity. Because when she's like, uh, okay, hey, Lucas, um, he, you keep trying to call me. Um, uh, uh, Sheila left a bad review for my work, but it's just because, what did she say? I left. Locked the keys in the customer's car and that's what made her late to work. Hey, I'm not here about the review. Well, well, I was, but it turns out that's not the main reason. And the lady took the review down. B, I, I know you went through her personal belongings and stole from her. Okay. Your boyfriend already told me you stole from her. You're fired. <laughs> Oh, tell you what, B's getting that ACAB tattooed, re-inked, isn't she? <laughs> what a shit that man is. Oh, he's useless. What is wrong with him? He's a dud. Yeah. Oh, piss him off. Seriously. You know what I thought? Finally, finally they will break up and leave me in peace so I can stop watching their dry, depressing relationship. <laughs> but, you know, what brought them together? A bit of botchy. They're meant to be the hot young couple and they're playing bocce and the and the older demographic are over in Toadie's getting down to business under the bloody desk in their animal print. Remember their bocce game got cruelly interrupted when she had an attack of the poisons? <laughs> That's right, she shot herself, didn't she? <laughs> it's meant to be the sexy couple. Mm. Oh, it's the tail wagging the dog over there. It's not good. Let's do, um, before we do Citizen and Citizen, let's do Neighbours Council mm. Business, which I've left here. Sweetie, it's just business. I have paused the billing of Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash neighbourspod, for the month of May because, number one, I'd fallen behind on the trimmings, got to catch up. And number two, with all the um, uncertainty and ennui we were feeling about the shows, dramas at the moment, waiting for them to get resolved, um, and I did a clip show and we did a bit of a weird episode the week before, I'm just like, let's just pause Patreon 
I think you can probably jump on for free for, for May and just listen to our back catalogue in trimmings and then we'll wipe that clean and start back again in June. There's still a few trimmings I've got to pop out there. Um, I just put up a bum cake outtake uh, photo. Also, hello to Belinda, who joined our Facebook group, Neighbours Council, who's been listening, just found us and has been listening on mat leave. So congrats, Belinda. Hope it's all going well. Um, well, so Vaya, I haven't been on the last couple of weeks and I just wanted to echo what you and CJ said. I'm just, I'm really shocked and disgusted that this show that we thought was quite progressive on screen has been such a nightmare for so many different actors on the show. I'm, I'm horrified and it just, this needs to be fixed. People need to go. That's just what needs to happen. And I spoke with someone uh, recently who used to work there years ago and said it's the most toxic place I've ever worked and they've worked at a lot of places and that's just someone behind the scenes. So this is, and that's just one of many stories. So it's, it's no good. Yeah. And you know what the irony is? Like we've been talking about offices. Mm. If you behaved like that in an office, you would be out in your ear. Like I just, I don't like the fact that because they're television stars, quote unquote, what you're like, it's okay to be racist and horrible. No, no. And it just, it doesn't fly anywhere else in the world. So I don't know why it flies there. Are they stuck in 1985? Yeah. Like, is this, is this what's happened? Like how can every other business that's been around that long not be a mm. racist, sexist hellhole. And my biggest question is, who has the time on their schedule to be offending people? There's no time. That's right. They're always saying they're up at 5am filming all day. I've been working for 16 hours. Have you? <sighs> oh, and um, there was a really funny, there's, the Neighbours Council's popping off. There was a really funny post by, I think it was Phil, who did the um, other unseen um, reviews Oh, Fitzgerald Motors. <laughs> they were a cack. Sorry, thanks, Phil. Um, Sheila Canning, one star. They stole from my glove compartment. Avoid. <laughs> Therese Willis, three stars. Fitzgerald Motors couldn't have been more accommodating when my car was in for service. Offered me the use of their van. Unfortunately, I immediately ran someone over in it due to faulty steering. <laughs> um, so we're having a great time in Facebook. Find us there. Pleasure doing business with you. Now. Citizen or citizen of the week. I think we're all going to be quite similarly themed. Yeah. Citizen Melanie, you bloody work it, lady. You're an inspiration to women on the cusp of middle-aged life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm doubling down on that. I needed that melspiration. Wait, wait, we got a hat trick then. Oh, is, is, isn't that yours too, Beck, citizen? Beck? It is, but I just want to give one little left-field citizen. Oh, yeah. And that's to Kyle Canning for babysitting Carl so that he would leave <laughs> be alone with the podcast. <laughs> I just love that. I love that they were shafting around Carl, but Kyle's face when he was like, okay, I just really enjoyed that. I did enjoy it when um, that little side eye that B gave Susan when she lost her job and Carl's like, we can work on the podcast more. And she's like, yeah, and looks at Susan like, kill me. So, yes, as a woman in her 40s who loves animal print, it is Melanie, but I did have to give a special shout out to babysitter Kyle. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you, sweet Melody, for the buck up we all needed. I uh, hope we can get back into our neighbour's groove Legal Eagle, Beck Dahl, where can we find you elsewhere online and on air? Uh, all the places, but mostly uh, follow Chicks Talking Footy, the AFL program on Australia's only LGBTI radio station, Joy. And listen to Joy, it's a great station. It is, it's a great time. 
uh, friend of the pod, Triana Butler, is on The Sound of Now on Joy, which is a great listen. Kate. I'm Remued on Twitter. And CJ will be back next time. CJ the Hot Mess Mum. I'm Vaya Pashos. Vay's on Instagram. Neighbours Pod on TikTok. And um, if the Rebecca Laws are rocking, don't come a knocking. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>